seeing the invisible, am I lazy? And do-overs. All this and more on today's Brilliant Observations. Do, 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 do. of Brilliant whoa, whoa, Observations whoa, 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 whoa. featuring the fair Melissa. Two other stooges. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, my friend. How are you? Oh, my God. You were so in my neighborhood this yep. past weekend, and yep. I wasn't. <laughs> Ships in the night. Well, yeah. the funny part is I made very, very light arrangements to see you during this trip and I specifically made arrangements to not see my parents on this trip who are also in the environs. Yeah. So I reached out to you and said, let's try to do this thing. And then that all fell apart. And I reached out to my parents well in advance and said, we're going to be driving through your city twice. We will not see you either time. This is your fair warning. I'm just letting you know. If you see my car, do not flag me down. I'll throw rocks at you. (laughs) Do not flag me down. We don't know each other. Come to find out, I stopped and had dinner with them. So the whole thing is like upsy downsy worlds. And it was just a delight. It was a delight. Did you get to catch up and wash her walls and the whole thing? Or did you go out? We always we go out because it's just she is fixated on I want it to be easy for you. I want you can I meet you at the rest stop on the highway? Like she just she's, she's decided yeah. that if we're not completely en route and even during the whole dinner, my dad's like, We gotta go, you gotta go, hurry up. No, you know, hurry up, finish that. You gotta get you on got the road. You got a big drive ahead of you. Like, I want you to start moving. It's getting dark. It's not it's not going to get any easier. It doesn't get any better. I do I do want to get on the road. There's no there's no reason for a needless tarry, but at the same time, I like to finish my drink. Right. You know, I mean, it's like I think we'll be okay. They just served us. There's really <laughs> no like, need yeah. to pack it up yet. It's the kind of thing where I envision if I had gone to the restroom at the restaurant, I could see him. Come on, you get out of there. <laughs> you got to get on the road. Your husband's in the car. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I've already so, had your food packed up. It's so fine. So it was nice. And we sort of realized approaching the restaurant, gosh, we haven't seen them. When's the, we couldn't even remember the last time we had seen them. It had been too many months. So it's uh, not great. and But it's easier because the fall stretch, winter stretch, we do see them fairly regularly. Like every five, six weeks we see them. Good, nice, long visits. Multi-day in the house. Nice, healthy, good visit. And then we try to keep that going in the spring. And then the summer is kind of insane. So there, it's weird. We have like, we have just enough. We have a great amount. And then we have these dearths that also make you wish for the just enough and great amount. So anyway, but it is noticeable because we have a teen and they are, they're well in their 80s. You sort of, so if just walked up to them on the street, I don't think you would know or notice. They don't look that way. We're sort of really blessed that they're dealing with health issues, but they're just normal fucking get off the couch is painful health issues it's nothing crazy my knees are painful i need to strengthen my knees right i got a guy helping me replace my no i got a guy helping me do exercises with my knees so my knee doesn't hurt when i go up and down the five sets of staircases i have in my house that i still live in you know that sort of thing so anyway uh meaning seeing them is more noticeable the changes between visit to visit and because we have this you know redwood growing teen who all of a sudden looks like a ridiculous 
boy man standing you know, next to them he's, he's <laughs> in the best possible puppy phase of adolescence where he is completely disproportionately growing into whatever he'll be so you know when puppies start out and they have these huge paws and, and ears they, and just floppy <laughs> everything and you're like i know you're not gonna look like this for a long time but it's funny watching you now right he hasn't grown into his ears yet is what you're saying he's not skimpy wimpy on top he doesn't look well, he's a fucking athlete, so yeah, I'm I'm guessing that he's somewhat. He's great. Everything's great. We're great. And it was just the one, because the other one is in. Get this, college. He was on fall break, so he was actually at my house watching oh, my shut dog. Up. Yeah, and we left him. We're like, hey, great fall break. See ya. And then the other one. Where do you think he was in this week of global? Okay, wait. He should unrest. be in Prague. I'm gonna guess Cyprus. Was he in Cyprus? There's only one place worse that he could go. Where'd he are, go? Are you it's fucking not, kidding me? No, it's the second to the worst place. He went to Auschwitz this week. This very week, he went to Auschwitz. They went to tour Krakow and Auschwitz. And I, my first thought, because I am not a Jew and I am obviously an imbecile, my first thought was, I am so glad that you were going there on this important week. I am so glad that you were having this horrible, horrible, soul-crushing experience in the middle of probably the most important time in our lifetime to connect with that. Like, I was like, there there could not be a better time for you to go and, and honor, you know, and connect with what the fuck is happening? And then the second I told somebody, and, and I was like, oh, he's so great, and, you know, la, la, la. Somebody else was like, why would he go to one of the least safe places? And I was like, is it unsafe there? I feel like I feel like the, I don't like calling Nazis Nazis because it's just not strong enough. There, there's not an ugly enough word for them. But don't you think the Nazis have decided we win here? Like, you don't go back to the places you've won. You want to go and fight other, so I don't feel like they're going back there. <clears throat> they're more museum-y now. They're more um, look at the attra- here's photos and walk through. And I, I thought never she forget was- it. Yeah, right. never forget. Well, right. I'm glad you didn't forget because it's happening again. That's <laughs> really I completely. And here's another thing I just want to say real quickly on this because I the complete opposite thing happened this week. In that I had an experience of overwhelming joy, and I just it changed me. So I want to I want to talk about. I want to talk about that perspective and to happen in this week. It's kind of crazy. Go ahead. So somebody who's a friend of the pod and I think an actual friend of yours, I'm never on social media anymore. And because yeah. I was on a long car trip this week, I was on social media because what else do you do when you're in right. the car and you're not driving? And she posted that thing where it says, I'll never forget the whatever, whatever silence of my friends, right? The Not the hatred of the enemies. I'll remember the silence of my friends, people who don't speak out, right? And I've been trying to speak out about what's happening. And I don't know how to do it because the loss and the inexplicable cruelty is so multifaceted. You sort of don't know where to begin and where to end. And I also feel like it probably this is the the beginning for me, the first however many years, months, decades, minutes of not yet speaking out in Black Lives Matter movement and all that until finally it was just I felt so personally connected to it it's like I know I'm gonna get this wrong but here's what I'm dealing with right now and I almost put that stuff out there but I feel like it's too raw right now do you know for me so I don't even know what the fuck to say because it's like how many different ways of how many different wrong can you point and I also am not one to say I want to fill and flood my feed and my life with wrong stuff my goal is actually I joy and 
Well, but I'm going to talk about that in a lot of context later. But anyway, so how do you feel about I... people not publicly condemning? I do. I do the individual reach out to folks who I know are more directly connected to this, and I reconnect with them specifically over this topic and see if there's anything I can do to help. Do you? I'm just asking you as a person, not yeah. as a representative Jew. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel um, an impulse? Are you looking? for larger groups of people to say no bad stop it or do you simply feel a slight bit of comfort for those who do like do you, are you looking around like who's gonna who's gonna stand with me like is that I got Absolutely. the impression it was who's gonna stand with me is the okay so tell me that question so tell me about that because I need some help on that when I was away this past weekend with Jews what um and when we drove and saw signs that said I stand with Israel like our eyes welled like Oh, my God, thank you. Not just for not saying negative things, but, but then, for, and yes. also, and still. And yeah. remember when, and and the but also's, right? The right, Everything right. that I felt like, in my opinion, the Republican Party turned into, well, what about them? And when they, mm-hmm. stop right now. There is 0.0 rationalization for what has happened but there is for about what's about to happen. And I guess for me personally, when Israel is criticized for fighting back, yeah, I lose my shit because I don't feel like the rise up against Israel is even and their retaliation is even close to what it should have been from the same people saying, how did this how did you do like there's no rage for well, there's there is no equivalency anywhere and second thought we have multiple false targets and false victims they're not equivalent to each other but we do have false targets so it gets really complicated really because we're talking about one specific group who is pushing for the literal extinction of a group of people that shit's not okay I don't, you know, it's just not. So, of course you stand with Israel. If if people are saying you don't get to exist, the answer is, fuck you, yes, I do. So, I mean, that's pretty straightforward. I didn't We're remember talking. Hamas dropping leaflets <laughs> saying, you guys, shit's about to go. What they dropped were hand gliders and murderers. Yikes. That's what they dropped. They didn't Yikes. drop leaflets that said, start moving south because I'm coming for the people who did this atrocity. Um, I, I really feel like it was one of those you get to see who people really are. Remember when we saw like MAGA come out and you saw like yeah. things, people's views, and you thought, I thought I knew that dude. I did not know that dude. Like all of a sudden, his memorabilia from the from wars of past are on Facebook now. Good to know, right? This isn't good to know. Like I don't feel that way again. And it's funny because I talked to my friend Joel and he said, do you know who's reaching out to me? All of my Italian friends, they have, they have a mothership also that they know is whether they've been or not, and you hadn't been until you just were, is is the homeland, right? And that's yeah. what we call it. That's what you call it. Like there's just this amazing um, similarity between these two communities. And he and I said, you know what? Amy called me this week too. Like I'm getting those calls. Carrie, Amy, like. My Italians are calling their Jews, and right. he's absolutely right. And well, and part of it too is because what the fuck else can we do? I'm not going to pick up a gun. 
right? I'm not. So uh, I'm not going to join the Army. I even thought, okay, well, what's a group I can contribute to here? We got a lot of those emails this week, by the way. But I I feel like, I mean, me giving money to some, can we not hate them today? I I feel like... (laughs) What is, what's that going to do, really? I, I, there's got to be something bigger and more direct. And, and the, the most expedient thing felt like I have a personal connection with someone, so lean into that. So that's the only thing that I did, and I'm super flawed, looking for answers. Give me more. I'll be happy to try it. Like, I send love your feedback. Com- I'll, I will happily ignore it, Aww. but not because I don't like <laughs> your feedback, just because I don't really tend to read anything that people send us. So Don't worry. Da- <gasps> How dare you? Don't worry. Day they listener. know it. I know everything (laughs) and then I call her and say you need to have to read this one stupid yeah yes so okay I do and the way we do that is by writing to brilliant observations at gmail.com Amy's asking you for help normally we ask you for thoughts hopes dreams she's asking you for help and and I think you should do it go to brilliant observations on Facebook at listen brilliant on Instagram and fuck Twitter so and the last one here is, hey, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I'm going to tell you something about Twitter. So, hey, uh, Beth, if you're listening, I stand with Israel. So there you have it. I started to post that on all my socials, and it just felt so disingenuous to do, which it shouldn't, but it did. If it's Dis- not in with what you've been posting and it seems like a wild non sequitur and you're not comfortable with it, that's fine. It wasn't it- about any of that. It, that's all correct. But the real hesitation is less about, here's 19 cooking videos, I stand with Israel, and a Pop-Tart <laughs> recipe. Like, it wasn't it well, wasn't What kind that. of Pop-Tart? What kind of Pop-Tart? They're so good. They're so good. No, it wasn't that. <laughs> it, it, really, it really was. This is just not the channel or the place for it. And for me to put it there, I perceived as self-aggrandizing. I perceived as bandwagony. And it felt not at all like anyone who needed to see it would see it. It felt like I needed to tick a box by posting it. And I'm not that person. So that was my hesitation. So I, I also Fair. give that. Well, I give that by way of if you are feeling, where, why am I alone in this? Where am I going? Fuck you. Can't you say a sentence? What's wrong with you? Part of what's wrong with us is it feels a little false flaggy and like you're not accomplishing the task of supporting you, but instead putting the spotlight on me when I post that shit. So did it, you it feel has that nothing way? to do about you. I, for a long time I did about black stuff. But yeah, then, black But then I looked matters. back over my feed and I realized half of this is black stuff anyway, like black artists who I love and black bakeries that I love and black music that I love. And it was just like black comedians that I love. It was, the half of it was I'm I'm not black in any way, but... It's also not my first foray into, this is a great culture. I, I love a whole lot about it. I'm grateful that it's here. And no, you know, you don't deserve what you're getting. No, you sure don't. Of course you don't. So in any way, if I had got like sukut recipes or whatever the fuck else, I don't know what, you know, <laughs> all over my thing. And like, here's how you marinate them apples in wine. Like, I, that's not what my shit is. So this is the best <laughs> recipe for haroset. <laughs> Yeah, I became my mom there for a minute. That's the one. Anyway, so there is another reason for why the shut up this, and it's got nothing to do with you. So we'll get over it and fix that. We're gonna we're gonna fix that real quick. We're gonna fix all this problem real quick. Just wait. Come on. There was the post that I did see that said, you know, 
they came for yeah, um, yeah, yeah. the black community and I stood up and I, now they're coming for the Jews and I'm alone. And it's because I'm a Jew. Like, it oh, was, I didn't see that one. I it thought was it was devastating. they came for the journalists and I let it said nothing. And then they came for me and there was nobody left. So that's been morphed into they, they came for saying, the blacks. I and fought I said for everyone. Yeah. And now here I am alone because I'm a Jew. And that's just something that people see as other. You know, that's well, I like tell a, you, the most successful communication strategy that I've seen yeah. about anti-Semitism is that blue square campaign that's everywhere. And the TV commercials that come up and say, this is the percentage of people that are the target. And this is the, you know, the percentage of the communication that's targeting them. And I'm like, oh, there's a disparity there. Seems well, like a fair that. fight. Look at that. That doesn't make any sense. But yeah, so instead of making this a, a an entirely political Jewish I'm thing. Sorry. But it's always been a david and goliath kind of situation for them i mean look at a picture it's smaller than new jersey and the masses around them mostly desert but the masses around them all want them obliterated so the right. fact that you lived for so long when your fence line right behind you sure were people who wanted you dead is is shocking or it's it's a lot it's very emotional and like i said the way um, the Italian community has this mothership that calls them home, right? The Jews have the same thing, and it's it's absolutely a personal attack. So it's it's been a tough, and it will be a tough, but I wanted to come here and share joys um, and indeed. have that, indeed, that indeed. spotlight go towards, and I'm going to start with seeing the invisible. If anybody knows about this in my life, I would think it would be you. Do you know what that is? I don't. I can't. I'm fascinated by the sentence. I want more. Give. Okay. Do you remember Pokemon Go? Yes. You would see these little kids, and God help you adults, who are walking around with their phones <laughs> and trying to catch not their artificial, I want to say intelligence, but people were falling off of cliffs going we had to find. Several, I don't remember what the locations were called. Are they called, just called spots? I don't, I don't know. know what they're called. The... If I knew, I wouldn't admit it. <laughs> Catching <laughs> places or whatever they are. We had two of them on our street. So it was a frequent occurrence of like strangers would come and like get out of their cars. Sure, they would stuff. follow directions. It's it like geocaching. Cool. You watch your kids put like a geocache under it was your super mailbox. stupid. <laughs> right, super cool. right. I right. At least a geocache it. was something better. You could get. This is just, I'm collecting. Uh -huh. Pokemon? I mean, I don't even know what to say about I it. I gotta it's, say, it's I. It really connected with that entire generation. It My sure eighteen-year-old college freshman, one of his classes that he loves to tell everybody, college is so easy. One of his classes, the assignment for entrepreneurial class was to go to the makerspace on campus and make a sticker for your laptop. And when you came into class with the sticker on your laptop, you would get whatever you'd tick off that assignment. Yes. So he went, he went, and I said, well, that's so cool. What sticker did you have to cut it out with the CNC yeah, machine? Yeah, I and love you have to it. Design it and all this other Take stuff. Take out so your cricket. Yeah. Multiple thing. Blah, blah. He made a Pokemon. <laughs> Shut your fucking And he didn't just mouth. make a Pokemon. He goes, I made a. Yeah, he like, gave you a specific. I'm like, what's that? It's a very <laughs> rare Pokemon, it's mom. It's a Pokemon because I'm an 18 year old man. I'm like, are you? Well, <laughs> seeing the invisible does this. Like you, there are places around the world. There's one in Jerusalem. I just opened it up to kind of just give you a basic, I don't know, introduction to, but it's an augmented reality contemporary art exhibit. Nice. Right? Let's so go. 
right? But they're all over the place. I found out about it because I met my two favorite lesbians. All right, second favorite couple. Um, sorry, Marnie, Lisa. Um, who I was going to say, those are your favorite lesbians. If who you're went to... to hey, wait a minute, stop. Uh-oh. This is a full stop, new chapter, subsection A, second favorite, favorite lesbian second cage favorite. match. Okay, who who are the two oh, lesbian couples have to, have to fight for top lesbian couple? I'm in. I'm ready to go. And I don't even know who you think is the favorite. I think you have to Don King this shit, and they're all your favorite. And is it a fight for the four to a one favorite lesbian? No, are we going it's two couple. on two? It's, it's doubles? couples. Yeah, I'm in. How much are tickets? Favorite. Um, in the best Richard Christie accent, which I don't do accents. You do. Um, I'm ready. I'm so ready to go. This couple I know from the world said we just got back from disney and i'm like fuck it you know what disney's slowly becoming my favorite walt disney world they are embraced at disney the second they put their foot outside of disney no i meant i meant you're a lesbian aren't you supposed to go to like thailand and have have a bag of worms and you know climb a cliff like i don't picture disney as a place that lesbians want to go because lesbians are a monolith of interest go ahead are they going to rescue some dogs and children and bring them yes. all home from Thailand? Is there Subaru is the parking at Disney? Come on. <laughs> is there a baseball park at Disney? No. So, so one of their stories is one of my topics for later. But the but seeing the invisible, there it obviously in Florida, there's one as well. Like you pick the worst fucking state. But you take your phone and you see trees that aren't there. I you remember see- the invisible things at Walt Disney. There's like a kiosk sort of. It's really more like a... A me- aluminum stick, honestly, like a two by four size, and you put your phone in front of it, and then a scene appears. It's fucking yeah. weird. Yeah, well, now it's everywhere. So now there are these big things all what? over the world, and I'm so excited because I'm traveling to Australia soon. What? Walt yeah. is whack. You got to get off that kid's trip. He was going by himself, you fucker. He is Let going go. by himself, but I want to see Australia too. I don't care if I even see him. I- I'd like to see Australia. Why are you going with him? I'm not going with him. He's going to spend a full semester there. At the tail end of it, I You're might. going to visit him. Well, I'm going to see Australia and if I You're have a meal to visit him on a trip. I thought you were gonna I didn't know he was going for the whole semester. Oh yeah, and whole I, semester. I thought he was just going to fucking go because that's how your kids are. Right? I'm going to the King's Castle today. We're going to be playing cricket. And it's like okay, sure. But I, I want to look and see if they have a seeing the invisible there because I, I just love the idea of you get to It's just incredible. Dear listener, if this is something with which you have experience, can you please let us know and tell me where and what and all the goods? And if it's something that you think I'm a complete crackhead about, feel free to tell your family about it and not me because I'm amazed. And it's it's my Pokemon Go, I guess. Do you see ghosts? Do you see spirit? Do you see other dimensions? Do you, I'm asking, really, because this I'm one is an artistic one. So but I'm sure you, there I'm, are. I thought that's where we were going with this. Do you? Because I have in the past month and it freaked me the fuck out. Do you? I do not. Never in your life? Never. You've not, in, you've not felt a presence and or for a split second seen a presence and thought seen, you'd seen it? No. Felt? Yeah. I mean, okay. there have been uh, a cold breeze where I'm like, oh, my God. Poppy, if that's you, this is right up your alley. Or been at a graduation and thought so hard about my Nana seeing it that I felt like she was there with me. Like kind of a summons. But no, I've never. Is that a ghost? I've never. If some shadow walked by, it's because my kid was doing something or a dog was dragging. Like there's never been like that for me. I would love. So you explain it away in human terms. Oh, absolutely. I would love an opportunity to not do that. But it's just. Ah! 
it's not. <laughs> it does. It does. It is alarming. It is a little. A little. It's not the most soothing thing. Do you see dead people? No, I it just this past two. Maybe it was within the past two weeks. I feel like it was like a week ago. I all the days blur together. They're so full. Gratefully, there was someone in the hall in my empty house, and it was to the point where I was, I was sitting down, and I became aware of something just up and out of my eye line and I immediately popped my head up to look like a startle response and then I saw the shape and it disappeared and the dog did the same thing that I did so we both were lighted to this thing in the one direction and it and then he got up and investigated and his hairs were oh thank god he down. got up and investigated and he and I just sort of kept looking in that area and he sort of sniffed all around and then he went and lay back down again but at the same time it was like it was a it was a weird one but I also have that I have these wonderful, this is part of this joy thing. I've totally jumped all over what you were saying in the invisible. So are you done? I don't want to. No, I, it's, it's something I thought you would love and it's something I, I want you to experience, but you're experiencing something very different right now. No, and I, so I'm trying, I love to put meaning behind whatever's happening. So there's, we're always telling a story to about our lives and in our heads and to others. We're, we're writing the story all the time. The, our own reality is the story that we're telling ourselves. And it can be anything that you want. And that sentence is so profound, you don't really sit with it long enough to fully absorb how profound it is that your reality can be anything that you want because you are creating your real, oh, you're creating reality, period. So I love writing stories and and receiving meaning about things that are happening and just ignore whether or not it's true case in point I looked up on the highway we were on this long trip I was starting to feel the exhaustion and feel the suck and the drain of being on this trip (laughs) and I looked embrace the suck (laughs) and somewhere in one of the states Virginia Maryland I don't remember who it is but they consciously plant wildflowers along the side of the highway in specific state colors. And they do this throughout the whole state to make sure that the species is represented. And I mean, I used to look into it and understand it. Maybe it was in Virginia because I lived there at one point. So I know a little bit about it anyway. So it's beautiful. And I happened to look up and to the right of me. So it's not the median. It's alongside the other side of the highway. It was just sporadic purple and white, just a little bit and a little bit of yellow and mostly green grass and these little flowers. That's Virginia. And I thought, oh, this is so nice. I'm so glad I got to see these flowers. I had forgotten they'd do that. I love flowers. Isn't this? And so I sort of ruminated on the flowers for a little bit. And I said, I'm so glad that I got to see those. That's for me. I love seeing things that make me happy. And I said the words, that's for me. And I said it out loud in my head so loud that I was gesturing with my hands. And Brian said, what's that? And I said, oh, I'm just, <laughs> I said, because I didn't use any sound. As I'm talking to myself. And he goes, with your hands? And I said, yes. So shut up. So then, <laughs> so then I went back to what I was doing. What's that? And I was reading at this point, which I don't normally do because it tends to make me sick. Vomit. I was right. Reading a little p- piece of news, and I so it was pretty tough news. Yeah. Yeah. Real, real tough. And then I was startled out of what I was reading. I was engrossed in what I was reading, and it was like someone had kicked me, and I popped my head up at a different stretch of highway that was flooded with blue and white and yellow flowers and no green grass, the entire thing. And it was ahead of me. So it was not something that somebody caught was my tell- eye and somebody was vision. telling you to look. Yes, yes. So, hmm. I, so I love this idea of when you take notice of something that you like, 
you can call more of it to you in your life. And similarly, when you take notice of something you don't like, you can accidentally call more of it to you in your life. You can ruminate on something in an effort to try to fix it. You can fixate on something because it's weighty and of concern and you feel like you're processing it, but it can turn into a rumination that simply brings more of it and helps your brain identify, this is for you. I'll bring you more sadness and pain and roughness. Sure. This is for you. So I don't I don't love this idea of let's just bounce through all the flowers and ignore the reality of the pain in the world. That's not okay. It's not what I'm saying. But there has to be some way where you can front load good shit to come your way. And I, I love that part. So okay. I love, so I love that part. here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to start a movement because of this and because of your very awkward way <laughs> of sharing this. We are going to, as a community, and guys, we're over 300 strong. Like, if you're curious, we are, we are over 333 strong. So when you see something... That does bring joy in some way. I want you to take your pointer finger, point it up in the air and say, that's for me. That's it. I want you to just point your finger straight up, not at anyone. Don't start shit. Just point it straight up in the air and say, that's for me. It's just, it's so simple. It's so simple. Say it out loud. Just say it out loud. I'm reminded now in the way you broke that down and made it so obvious and visual and crystal clear that joke that was going around maybe six months, a year ago, when people would say, if you find your boyfriend's phone or you find your friend's phone laying on the counter, start saying things into it to train the algorithm. So say things like Chanel bag, <laughs> dinner out, <laughs> Mercedes Benz, right? Money, 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 luxury product. Engagement right? ring. Engagement ring. Engagement ring. I was trying to think of what do I want this person to give me. From my yeah. boyfriend. Engagement so ring. The, so <laughs> let's just play the game, literally the game of universal life and energy and say that there's an algorithm That's at work. That's for me. That's for me. Train the algorithm to bring you better shit, man. That's for me. It's the easiest thing to say, and it will be the title of this episode. And <laughs> you can always look back to episode, I don't know, 351. Blah, 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 blah. Which Where I stopped putting the numbers out, actually. <laughs> what? You know, I, don't, I don't put the number in the title. It used to, time was, the number was literally in the title. Yeah. So now it's not. It's numbered by Apple. So okay, it, that's So fine. that's the reason I stopped, because it was like, number one, title, number one. <laughs> okay. And then spelled out, numeral one. That's <laughs> not for me. Let's be clear. You can do both. But Amy's point is to not draw so much attention to what's not. Wait, am I right about this? That that's your point? Not so there much attention. There are lots of ways to de-emphasize what you hate, want less of. Right. There are lots of ways to do it. One of the simplest ways is to overemphasize what you want more of. That's the simplest way to make any kind of a change. Even losing weight, even adding extra stack. Add the things you want, and ultimately the others will get squeezed out. Your brain is so miraculous and working for you all the time to make patterns, to make associations, to bring you what it thinks you want. And guess who's in charge of what it thinks? Fucking you. That's so tell for me. it what to think. That's for me. That's for me. That's for me. This giant vault filled with money that I didn't have to work <laughs> to earn, that's for me. That's right. for, I want this. That feels I like love a ch- receiving money. That feels like a child's thing. I think you have to wait to see something and say that's for me. So if you're Do in you? that vault, you're yes. making your own reality. Ruh-roh. Jeff Bezos exists 
Oprah Winfrey exists. People exist that don't that don't get paid an hourly wage that is proportionate to the work they do in an hour. People exist right now in our experience, in our consciousness. That's for me. That's for me. That's for me. Open your mind to what can be. But my point to you is, is this. This. <laughs> this week of the many joys that I experienced amid the yeah. crazy, Lows, perplexing highs, unfairness of our circumstance, shared circumstance, is we had tickets to go see a comedy show. And it was not a show that I would have bought tickets to. Oh, why? It They're was not fabulous. a show that I was interested in going to. That's for me. I was doing this <laughs> because I thought, I love going out with my husband. I'm so excited and grateful that he's planned a date night. I can't wait to go. And he wants to see this. I can't wait to go and see him be very happy doing this. Love and that. And it was a comedy duo of Stevie Martin and Martin Short, who some of you young ones might know only from Murders in the Building television show, but we know from Saturday Night Live. Because he's a SCTV wild and crazy and guy. Jiminy Glick, and as far back as you can fucking go. Some deep, deep love for these comedians. So what the fuck are they going to talk about? Oh, my God, everything. They're best friends. He's 77 and 73, right? They're not, they're not peppy. Like, what the fuck are they going to – what's the show about? They don't do stand-up. Like, I just went into it with the lowest possible expectations. Okay? <laughs> I did. And because my husband bought the tickets, you can imagine. They we were, were in, second row. We were in row five. Okay. Same. Seats, yeah. seats seven and eight. Aisle seat. Yep. Yes. So I literally <laughs> made on contact with. Right. <laughs> and it was like a private show. Just I mean, it was we we're just so fucking super close. Right? Crazy, crazy close. So we definitely saw everything. And I do mean everything. So I sat down, and they didn't have any kind of an opening act. They didn't have any kind of a warm-up. They just started the fucker. And after, hello, I'm Steve Martin, until the fifth standing encore ovation, I did not stop laughing. For It was well over two hours. They ran long because we laughed so hard. I feel like we may have been one of their best audiences ever. They remarked a couple times about it, and you could tell that they were relieved, everything hit, yeah, and then grateful, and then surprised. They kept saying, "You guys are amazing!" Like they just, they were like, "This just not even funny." Like I mean, it was true. We had gotten so worked up into a lather over "We are here to laugh, fucker." Press the button, dance, monkey, dance, and dance. He did at one point. Martin Short put on a nudie suit where it was skin tight and they had drawn oh, on this the is outside where, you saw everything. where yeah. his penis is supposed to be and his supposed nuts are to supposed be. to be. No, and he would dance and hop like that crazy leprechaun he is and his dick would get in the wrong position because he's a man. So it would like flap over to his leg and he would reach down and grab it and then stick it where it's supposed to be with the drawing in front. Oh and then God. he would like grab it and pull it so it looked bigger. I swear to God, this is a man who is 18 feet from me grabbing his 74 year old dick. And I did not. I could, tears would, are still. Uh, he was so proud of his penis. He was so proud of every part of him. He was hilarious. They were just hilarious. They're delightful. So, so my point in all of this is they didn't mention and they did some political jokes about our elected representatives. They skewered both sides gently and harshly in a southern town. Do you really want to make jokes about Marjorie Taylor Greene and Ted Cruz? Yeah, I guess you do. And they Texas all hit. Texas and Georgia right here in they all hit. North and I was, So I feel like that was 
part of the reason that they were like, I don't know how this shit's going to go, but we are who we are. Maybe that's why they were so surprised. Yeah. And then they had this this banjo-esque band that came out. And I should also say that um, it's Greensboro. It's bluegrass. Well, Greensboro is the home of the North Carolina. um, I can't think of folk. That's the word I was looking for. North Carolina Folk Festival is headquartered here. And then we also have. Um, which is a big deal because Merle Fest and a lot of these other festivals are always Haggard. in the mountains, yeah. right? So it's um, it all it to have it here was like a big coup. So I mean, there's a and Rhiannon Giddens and all the rest of it. This is a big hotbed for that kind of music anyway. So when the banjo pickers and everybody else came out, and Steve Martin at one point left, and they did like two or three songs, and everybody was going insane. So it was it was he like had to part poop. Concert. He didn't go anywhere. He pooped. Well, and I feel like they had to maybe go towel them off because they were coated in sweat, and we worked them up into a lather. Here is all of this to say. They didn't come out and say, it's a really shitty week, let's laugh together. Because we knew it. You walked into that room and you could feel it. And... In the beginning, it was fun and loose and light like a release valve had been opened. And then once it was open, it was almost, I'm going to start crying. It was almost like an anti-violence response. It was almost like a sacred act. I am literally crying. The harder you laugh, the better this world gets. It is your job to laugh right now. We need to make all of the joy in this room and energy force and push it out into the world. That's, That's our me. job. That's and for me. And everybody in the fucking room got Understood that message. Understood the assignment. And the way they fed off us on that stage and the way we fed it right back to them, I, I can feel my body getting warm as I think about it. It was amazing and intense and an energy exchange. It was the highest and best form of spirituality, of religion, of intellectualism, of raw physical power. It was everything that you can think of as a human experience, and it started with a fucking laugh over an idiotic pratfall joke. And they didn't layer anything onto it, and they didn't question it, and they didn't stand up there and say, we are important, we have ego, we should have done something better with our lives, (laughs) we should stay home because we're old. They did it almost as if, what could be more powerful yeah. and important than for us to share and exchange and amplify fucking joy to expand it everywhere. And it changed me. It changed me in the sense that I look down my nose at everything that I do. And I always pick the stuff that I'm really good at that I don't love because I'm really good at it because it feels important and it feels smart. And the stuff that I have the biggest response and the biggest connection and the biggest impact and energy exchange is stuff that I think is not worthy and not worth my time. Because I don't I don't want to be known for being silly or being frivolous or making something pretty or bringing joy in whatever form the joy comes. I I, just don't. That I I don't think that's true because you are someone who. When you started a business, it was joy. It, I think you identify quite well with joy and want to spread it. So it's interesting to me that you push it, you feel you push it away because I feel you bring it. All of the things that I have stutter started, and I don't want to say attempted because they were successful, but I would allow to blossom and then squash in the past five years are the most I've ever leaned into that stuff. I went to college as an art major. And I changed my major into something more practical. And I pursued that. And I keep, and I did, I got an art minor, you know. It's like, I'll put that down. Even the singing stuff, the connection that I feel physically in my body when I'm singing and that I see on other people and the emotion that it brings and it wells and the vibrations in the room, I don't do it. 
I had the opportunity to do that as a career, and I don't do it. The cooking stuff. I met with a fucking producer about having a cooking show, about bringing just the joy of making and seeing and relaxing and nurturing yourself and others with this simple act of eating fucking food. But it's not important. It's, I don't want to be associated with that. You've heard me say, I don't want my, my life to be about that. And blah, 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 me, me, me. Going to this show felt like such an affirmation that I've, I've heard this a lot in sort of studying and being around artists. The artist's job is not to judge the art. The artist's job is to fucking make it. It's not my job to say what my job is. My job is to do the work. So... Is I wish that going to change your life? Are you? Going I have to. to I, though my work now is to stop worrying about my, what my work is. Rick Rubin is really my guru, and everybody. Rick Rubin is everybody's guru because he doesn't actually do anything. He is the model poster child of I get paid to be my own essence. I mean, he's he's fucking um, Coach Prime for for artists because he's like I get paid for my confidence. I get paid for my confidence in my taste and my ability to express it. I have no technical ability of any kind. Zero. I don't give advice. I just bring my fucking vibe. And people pay to sustain me, pay me handsomely to sustain me. Say it with me, everybody. <laughs> That's for me. That's for me. That's for me, Rick. That's for me, Steve. And those fuckers work. They work really hard for what they're doing, but they're working hard in pursuit of the frivolousness of the joke. Of joy. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. I love that. So I'm not afraid of, of working towards something or putting effort in towards something. I need to, I am excited that I connected whatever happened at that show with take the labels off yourself. So we'll see how I do. That's for me. That's for you. And it all started with my fucking husband bought tickets for shit I don't want to see. And, and I fucking didn't want to go. These two ass clowns. Well, they don't do stand up. Uh, what the fuck do I care? And now she's a crying mess of new direction in life. So, dear listener, doesn't that prove to you that you never know from where inspiration and joy might show up? Which is why, as I head out to Tucson this weekend... What? I'm very excited and open. You need drugs that bad? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going back to Arizona. I'm going for a bar mitzvah. It should be great. That's a lot of love because shit. Who gets on a plane for that shit? I don't even know these people. God bless them. What do you say when you're having a... Is it literally bar mitzvah? You, Mazel you tov. That's the one. I forgot it. I'm sorry. We always yeah. stick with Mazel Tov. Or just, mazel Mazel. Yeah, get that's it. it. Yep. You got it. So you have this like really deep connection and this epiphany. And I had a great conversation uh, with this couple about their Disney trip. And, and she said, and there's one more thing I want to tell you. And I'm like, I don't think I want you to. She said, well, I've given you really good referrals for Chinese food and this and that. And she goes, I have a cookie place for you. And I'm like, ooh, cookies. Yes, I'm all in. Dear listener, you know about it. It's Gideon's Bakehouse. That's, that's for me. That's, that's for me. That's she for knew. Me. I didn't have to say it. She knew. <laughs> she knew me well enough. Gideon's Bakehouse at Disney Springs or wherever it is. You know, the hour-long wait. You can only get six of them or seven of them. They are uh, they're a pound and a half of pe whatever it is. They are sublime. They have a marketing plan that is beyond any of the drops we're used to. 
they have a t-shirt limited edition, a hundred of them drop or 200 of them drop and you get every month. They have a new one. They have collector's cards, which have the graphic from the t-shirt and they look like, I mean, they're playing cards ish, but not with suits or anything. And it has like the texture of a canvas as the card. So you're collecting something substantial and not just a baseball card, which is a little shiny, but smells like the gum that was in the back of the shirt. So they have all of these things that are limited. They have monthly drops and releases. It's amazing, right? So she shows me pictures of the cookies and I say, well, I'm not going to Disney. I'll tell you that much. Well, would they franchise? Is that something that they would franchise? And she said, no. They're only in Disney. They have two locations. You can order more at the second location, which isn't on ground. But sure, sure, sure. All the things. I would invest in that. I would invest locally in a cookie shop that is ridiculous like that, right? Like, because you have to admit, that's fucking ridiculous. And it seems like next level. I was tracking you and I was thinking, is this out of New York? I don't understand it. Is it one of those fist size cookies? Like, what is this craziness that you're talking about? I will and people try to replicate the recipe and can't figure it out. There are dupe recipes online. By the way, I had a Starbucks lemon loaf cake with the icing this weekend because mm-hmm. our favorite bakery closed. And oh. I'm I will be making one of those. That shit. There's a new there's a new Starbucks concoction. I don't know how new it is, but it's all over TikTok. And I I don't, everybody who orders it, it's is random. it the drink? Random people who don't go to Starbucks say, I did it, and they take a sip, and then they have this out-of-body experience. So, And I keep thinking, I'm going to write that down. It's like I'm a brown sugar and a some, some squirt of this. The, and, a, and then there's like a weird twist at the end, like a backflip, and then all of a sudden. feels like a sex yeah. move. So um, this cookie, you're going to you're gonna now. I'm back into you, the sex move that you but just did. There's a twist at the end, and it's. Oh, a, we're having sex? I'm, I'm ready. That maybe drink. It's sex, maybe it's a sex cookie. Oh. We could franchise the porno cookie. Um. I, I thought, you know, I'll do it. I'll franchise. I did a little Google search. He does not franchise. It's one super weird dude who's slightly allergic to the sun, so he doesn't go to, to Disney start, certain it, months. You really have to start with super weird. Anytime you're talking about mogulizing, you, that's what I am, right? All this stuff I've been spouting on this show, people are like, Lord. It's because when you get a little off and you're in your own <laughs> tiny dot on something, when you're on that cookie and you decide, these cookies need trading cards. I mean, it's like, <laughs> do they, though? Wasn't I he high when he figured that out? <laughs> My cookies need trading cards. Let's hit it. That's so ridiculous. But I, it made me super curious. Like, what businesses would you invest in? For your area. Like what what would you endorse so deeply besides the only murders in the building cast um, so much so that you would financially invest to see its success and and share the joy of this product by you. Constantly. It's funny that it's product because I'm constantly or service lamenting that these gorgeous buildings that stand vacant or abused or underused or however you want to look at it could be such fantastic community spaces for an after hours club for kids or a 24 hour thing where it is you know coffee most of the time and a a makerspace in the morning and then it's but there you know and there's no alcohol and then it becomes this thing where it's about let's just all be LA sober there's no alcohol in this place so it can be all ages 
right? Right downtown where there's trolley service and all this other stuff. Or you know, L.A. sober space. is weed, right? You know, L.A. sober is high well, as fuck. Well, yeah, but there's no okay. alcohol. Okay. Alcohol I just wanted good. to make sure because you're like, yeah. bring kids. And I'm like, mm, okay. I don't think that not serving alcohol means that anyone in there will not be high. I mean, it'll be vape central. <laughs> right. It'll okay. be... It'll be hexate, CB, cracko, bingo. I sent you something this week. Oh. Last week. Uh, about that school, to all the girls, about the school that they turned into a housing facility for all your nearest and dearest. Or actually, they did it to rent out. and they So they, there's people who buy and convert former middle school, high school, uh, secondary school, a very large public building with lots of rooms in it and turn it into apartments or workspace or we're going to have our five besties move in and this is our retirement plan. That sort of is what you're as talking about. As long as yes. you preserve the basketball court in the gym, I am as all in. Court, yes. um, but I thought, you know, this is Amy's room. It was the cafeteria. She will be cooking <laughs> for all of us here. She will oh, be Lord. providing food joy. And I, I went through it in my head and I thought, Oh, my God, everybody has at least one dog. They will just wander around this elementary school, this high school, all day long and then get let out at some point and be on the Here's field. Here's our Subaru parking. Yes, we're ready to go. <laughs> and our young Thai children that we brought home from Thailand. <laughs> Good Lord. But uh, for for you, you are one who likes to make things beautiful and pretty. So I have a friend here who... Later in life, like when she turned 50, decided she wanted to do ornamental horticulture. I don't know that those are the right words. She does urns. She this does is these, a front porch gal. Yeah, This is the front porch gal. She does tons of shit, and she is making a fortune doing that because she's still doing it, and it's expensive to do. So I also know one of her former clients who's like, I can't afford that shit anymore. What are you, crazy? People will pay for anything. People will pay Rick Rubin for his vibe. People will pay for anything. People will pay Etsy for face bells. If we haven't proven on this show how stupid people, people are. <laughs> no, there is a market for everything. Remember there when is a value for everything. Do you remember when Erin wanted to massage money? people's dogs in Manhattan? She was just going to get into her taxi and drive and pick up dogs. and She'd have a different life today if she chose rub that path. Yeah, right? And we'd be visiting her in Bali because that shit would have fucking worked. I mentioned to my mom, and it gutted her. It took her a minute to get back over it at dinner that we just had last night, talking about Christmas coming up. We fortunately, several years ago, not that many, moved away from all of the cousins and children and nieces and everyone giving each other gifts because it's smart, just, smart, smart. It's just too much. And now the cousins and nieces and everyone, the oldest batch of them are, two of them are engaged. So we've got two weddings coming up in the next bit of year and a half, two years now, and everybody's excited. But they're a vying years. And now they're resurging this idea of, we just, can we just do a, a gift exchange where we just do it? There's just one gift and we trade it. Can we just do that? And I was sort of, and my dad was saying, no, and this is just my parents and my one child and the husband and me at the table. So it wasn't a family meeting. Right. And we were all against it. And my mom was saying, well, I voiced that I was against it. And I was told this is not your decision. And she was sort of all up in arms. And I said, well, I agree. And I've said I don't want it. But the girls really want it. And they have the money. They're old enough now that they want to spend gifts. And I said, because we don't want the gifts. And before I could stop myself, I said the truth. I said, because we just throw it out. And her face looked like I had slapped her tit. She was not interested in hearing this. 
Okay. <laughs> and I immediately paused, which was new for me because I was about to go, let me explain. And I was just like, let it sit there because that's what we do. She's not here to hear it. I told you I don't want it. I donated you said, everything you've you given said, me. You said, I really want you to receive this. And so my answer is, I can't wait to receive it. Thank you. I'm so grateful to have received it. Now I've received it. And that doesn't mean I have to keep it. doesn't mean I have to want it. I received it. You Which and is I what you exchange. asked for. Right. <laughs> I received it. I gave you so what you I needed. I don't have to store it. I don't have to cherish it. I just have to receive it and enjoy receiving it from you, which I truly do. I'm glad it brings you. I want to be in this energetic exchange that you giving me something and you get to see me be happy and I get to receive it and show that it was thoughtful and that you put time. This is so great. and It's wonderful. And now that job is done and the object doesn't do any more of those things. And I've learned I'd prefer to have my space clean. So in the trash it goes. So is part of that exchange her wanting to see you enjoy it, to wear it, to experience it, depending on what the gift is, like pick a gift. But I usually end up with the I don't know what to get her, so I'll get her this gift. Know that nobody knows me. They, I am the crazy aunt. And I, I think, unfortunately, probably give really good gifts because – I listen to my my people, my nieces and my nephews. Like I probably don't give good gifts to my friends because I never give gifts to my friends. I'm not a big gift giver. But to the kids, I ask their parents what they want. I look at their life. I think about what they want. They have something specific that they've been saving up for or a collection. I give the thing that they actually want instead of the thing that I'm told they want. Like all of that stuff. So there's a big excited and I put a lot of thought into how are they going to do that. Like that's a good gift, right? And I think what happens is they want to give that feeling back to me. So they go into the store and they look in their budget and they see a tray that can hold olive oil and they think she's Italian. She likes to cook. She'll love this tray. We're all Italian. <laughs> she likes to cook. So so I get an olive covered tray that doesn't match any of my decor that came from a store with a budget I probably wouldn't have shopped in. And I get it and I take a Sharpie and I write on the bottom, this was given to me by this niece on this date and I cherish it and I put it out for the next six days. And that goes in a, those I keep in in a bucket in the attic, right? So that occasionally when you take out the Christmas decorations, you see, oh, oh, okay. oh, look, it comes out of the big Tupperware, right? But when you get down to the point where you're giving me the coffee frother with the monogrammed mug, that's not about me. That's about, I think she drinks coffee. So I was like, thank you for this gift. It's so wonderful. I'll eat the cookie. I throw the mug away. Like, I don't need another mug, right? That's, that's what gifting had become in our group of 19 people sharing gifts with each other. And at a certain point, you're out of money by the time. Do you know what I mean? You get an old navy sweater that they've marked down to $6, and everybody gets a different colored sweater because it's a sweater Christmas, right? Everybody, <laughs> our friend Lisa's mother would buy shoes, and then everybody gets the same pair of shoes in a different color, and then you're mad because you didn't get the color that maybe you wanted, but how do you trade? Because you they're size-oriented. Who did that? She, she will get – I. Probably oh. have this wrong, and Lisa might be screaming, but oh. what do I care? You're not on the show. That's crazy. So <laughs> she buys a thing, and then everybody gets that fucking thing. One year it was a book. Everybody gets the book, but like a children's book, and then maybe it comes with like a beret or something. I'm making that shit up. I, she bought shoes for everybody, and they all got the same fucking pair of shoes. I love I that. I believe the expectation is, now you're going to wear these fucking shoes around me because next time we're together, everybody's wearing these shoes. So you can't. So now you're stuck. Now you're stuck. You got to wear these fucking shoes. And her mother... Can I say, 
she has a lot of coins to rub together. So these are probably like really nice shoes that she bought. That's the other thing. When people spend a lot of money on some stuff that you kind of don't want and you're roped into wearing it, now what do you do? That's love. That's that's the holiday magic. That was like <laughs> my mother donating her rabbit coat to the homeless and oh, on Thanksgiving. That's the worst. I'm like, I'm going to walk around the village with my friends and see someone with your initials on a rabbit coat who's homeless living un- in a oh refrigerator box. Like, you are out of touch. She's like, well, I don't feel I should have a fur. I'm like, I don't either, but I don't think you should be doing this with you it. You should thaw that before you kill them rabbits. Well, I mean, there are some really... homeless wearing her furs right now. Once they did, put it on. I mean, they're, you know, all right. I don't know what that's, to say. That's not for me. That's not for me. That's not, that's for, not me. for me. I know what is for me, and that ain't it. Um, is there a business that you would invest in? Yourself is your answer. Um, and your no, answer is myself I, being creative and wonderful. Because I, I would invest in those fucking cookies. I love you. I need to get out of my own way. And I, that's my work, is to stay out of my own way. So, and that's been the work of my life, and I love getting in my own way. So, I don't, that's not for me. But up, 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 up. Oh, fuck. You did so much driving yesterday. I only drove home from the shore, and I noticed a phenomenon do, 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 where driving quickly, you can't drive next to someone else, like exactly next to someone else. It's very unnerving for some reason yes. that. Why is that? Because I'm driving and I, I look over and there's somebody there like you're either passing me or I'm passing you. There's no way when we're the only two people here in this little stretch that we should be riding parallel. What is that? Why is there such an uncomfortable feeling? Because you're all going to die right then <laughs> at that very moment. <laughs> it's just like the fuse is almost at the TNT, right? And you're wondering, when's this bomb going to explode? Who's coming over to think? And then you're all dead. It's oh, too so close. Oh, so you think it's fear of getting hit that you just I path. know it's them. Uh, they're, why are you, what are you doing? Are you racing me? Because you're not winning. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Either win or lose. Don't, don't neck and neck with me. Because now it's like you're just a creep. And you're in my weird eye line, and I have to keep being aware of you. Yeah, maybe you're too that's close. It. It's the Sparks awareness. Fly. Sparks, Sparks flying. Sparks are flying. <laughs> it's too much. And you can come over at any time or meet you. All it takes is one quick jerk of the wheel. Everyone's dead. There's no reason for this. There's no advantage for this. It doesn't make any sense. And I don't, um, that is not for me. And that happened a lot. I didn't understand why. Like, why are you, why did you drive up next to me to be parallel with? You obviously want to tell me that it's, my it's gas thing is open. It's or, a perversion. But why? Because like, there are perverts in the world. You just they wanted to see who was driving this car? And uh, okay, now that you have, keep moving. Like why? Yes. It was very uncomfortable and I didn't understand. I'm like, do I ever enjoy driving next to someone? No is the answer. If I did, you'd be in my well, car. Well, a vehicle is a weapon. And when somebody is that close to you and they can go off at any time, the bomb reference made a lot of sense because they could kill you or you them really errantly, like not not even with cause. So why would you put yourself in that situation? It's a pass. It's a hard pass. It's a super no. Super no. And in conclusion of today's episode, I will tell you, because I started it in the preview of Am I Lazy?, I love hard. Okay. Hey, there's a drop. Okay. I will take that out because you said that. Um, no. What'd you say? I love hard. Yes. Oh, now I said it. Fuck me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you said them both. <laughs> I love people hard. 
It's not getting better. <laughs> um, I figured out. I'm really lazy. I the people I'm looking at the people that I love. They're the easiest people to love. They really are. The people that are difficult to love. I've kind of worked them, except for the ones I'm related to, worked them out of my life. I completely misunderstood everything that you're saying. When you started out with, I feel lazy, and you said, I love hard, I didn't hear you say, I love with intensity. I love with fervor. I heard you say, I love difficulty. I oh, love no, difficult. the exact opposite. I love exhaustion and pain That's and the, the opposite worst of possible. Yes. And so when you said, I feel lazy, I thought this was going to be some great mystical revelation. No, yours was mystical today. Because I kind of think you do love hard. I think you do love and choose difficult how things. difficult can this be? But you do equally love with fervor and intention intensity. So, anyway, but like the the easiest people to love, but to actually put a point, like you did have a point. Uh, my parents' favorite quote as I grew up was this quote, and then Melissa would date him. <laughs> we would watch. Oh, we would watch Man that's on Fire. Very hurt. We would oh. watch Man on Fire, and Denzel Washington would walk out of this exploded car, blood coming down his face, his ass on fire, and he would say, "My father would say, yeah." And then Melissa would date him. Like it's just that I would find the most injured, broken, um, suicidal. Like I have a history. I'm not. They're not that wrong, but that happened twice. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever. These guys are just so supportive and loving. They just really find and and attack you. Yeah, it's called um, family. So, uh, I there was that concept, but I love hard. Yes, uh, the most amazing people. It's not difficult. So I'm no hero. Is what I'm saying. I think I'm lazy. Is the answer. But the I, so, loving hard is for me. So I'm gonna do it anyway. So well, the good news is, people who want to fight capitalism right you want to go against society go ahead and you want to be lazy the good news is you can do both because capitalists love effort so you are actively fighting the system when you are lazy so you can be lazy as a way of loving people so much you can lazy love them can't you they're just easy to love. So I'm not doing a hero's work. It's like <laughs> if you look at if you look well, at. Well, you said I love to go and pick the most brokenest bird in the zoo. And date them. You know. <laughs> yes. No, I rescue them. And then I make them my dog. And then they you torture do, me do, for years. You do pick some folks who don't want your love. Say so you're going to get it. You're going to get it. I'm sorry you feel that's that usually, way. That's usually a threat. You're going to get it is usually when you're coming at someone with something violent. But instead, it's you saying, I'm going to love you. You're going to get my I love. Like Here it comes. I'm not. These are my <laughs> arms and legs that are now wrapping around you. I am enveloping oh you. God. You are now loved. Yeah, I mean, it's true. It's I, I do find the broken birds, but not so much in my adulthood in humanity. Because why does it? This is the story. We're writing the story of our own reality. Why on earth? Would you be concerned in any way about love being easy and natural and effortless? That's what laziness is. Laziness is a refusal of effort. So if you are in a love that has no effort involved, isn't that the height of love and reciprocity? It's super natural, literally. It is, it's, it's, 
effervesces on its own. It just exists without you doing any work at all. That seems to me the pinnacle, the height. Why are you looking down your nose at it like I do all the good things in my life? Lazy is great. Let's go to sleep. I'm starting to embrace the the lazy. Nope. I'm starting to embrace the love. <laughs> yeah, that one. I'm starting to embrace it. Starting to embrace. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I won't. I can't even say it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Here's what I'm going to embrace. Dear listener, we love you so much. Thank you for turning us on again this week. We are so grateful for you, all 333 of you. We are a force. We might even have a rally. And if you all show up, you know, we'll love you hard. Hey. <laughs> okay, I was waiting. That's a rally. I, that's, a, that's a cookie porn. Cookie porn. Oh, do it again. <laughs> Check out our cleaning porn. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you for showing up and showing out and all that good stuff. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I love hard. What'd you say? I love hard.